0: Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a
1: Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion.
2: Welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David and Zach. It is it is Monday. Well, it's Tuesday when you're hearing this, which means that we are starting a new week in case you forgot which day it was. <laughs>
3: I know I almost did. Um, how you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Um, you know, I don't think Dashes is doing good after that comment. But... <laughs> God. I know you what that. do
0: I gotta do, man? Uh, I'm up- doing fine.
2: <laughs> 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 We're all fine here. How are, thanks. Um Yeah, no, I'm excited. We got uh we got a great Interview today with War Corgi, who I'm sure many people have heard of. He does battle reports with laser effects and all sorts of other fun things in there. He has a podcast which he will talk about. Um, we'll have him on here in a couple of minutes. Uh, we will also, at the tail end of the episode, be spoiling some cards, some brand new Legion cards. Um, so stick around for those. Very exciting. And uh, uh, we'll also talk. Briefly about my last invader game. Um, but first, a couple housekeeping items.
4: Welcome to In the News.
2: Uh, so, we do now have the Scoundrels Order tokens in. So, check those out on the fifthtrooper.com. We have oak and iron acrylic tokens in. If you uh, play that game, I know that you guys have been dabbling a little bit. It looks super interesting to me um (laughs) many many hobbies not enough time um
1: if you don't play you should play it um and also the the tokens just look really really good and i think um i think jay's out done himself with these they're they're really really well done
2: they do look super impressive i don't have any idea what's going on in the game but i saw those tokens and i'm like this makes me want to play this game
1: uh well just for those of you who don't know it's sort of like um Uh, they represent like the smoke from guns firing and they represent the wake of a ship as it moves. So they're really kind of markers for like the ship moved or the ship shot and can't uh, use its cannons until it reloads. That's really what they're for.
2: Awesome. So yeah, check those out. uh, Thefifthtrooper.com. We also have some three by three mats that will be available for pre-order with various environs, including space and sea mats. Um, and we have real we got hobby products on there now uh like flock and basing and stuff like that we will also soon have actual miniatures i don't know off the top of my head all of the gaming systems but uh you can go there and buy actual plastic if you want yeah soon starting this week
0: i i believe uh jay had mentioned uh elder scrolls possibly and i think that um I don't know if we're selling Oak and Iron actual ships and stuff out there yet, but there's a bunch of sweet games that we're going to actually have on the retail store. Yep, actual um, games. Yep. So please check that out. Um, You'll not only be acquiring sweet games, but you'll also be supporting your favorite podcast network. So
2: there you go. So also in the news, we are getting preview articles this week. There will be a a, uh, Padme preview article on Wednesday. It will be tomorrow after you listen to this cast so check that out on ffg.com that's not ffg.com that's not the website it's fantasy flight Games. <laughs> yikes
3: Dude, uh, hopefully ffg.com is not something awful uh- <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh nsfw that for sure just be safe uh- <laughs> yeah.
2: um yeah so that'll be wednesday check that out uh and uh yeah Let's, let's get to the War Corgi interview before I mess up this housekeeping section anymore. And we're back with Michael, a.k.a. War Corgi. How you doing, man? I'm doing real great, Kyle. How have you been? Good. You know, it's, uh, life's ever very so slowly getting back to normal. Took my kids to a park today for the first time in two months. So um... I'm jealous.
4: <laughs> Park's not open up here yet. Where, whereabouts are you exactly? I am on the east side of the river from St. Louis. So I was born and raised here. Then I had a career for about 25 years that took me away from home, but it was always my goal to get back here. So St. Louis, Missouri. Well, you are, um, uh, famous or infamous,
2: depending on how you want to look at it for your battle reports, as well as you have a podcast, which we'll talk about later. Um, but I think the first topic we want to just dive right into is content creation and how you got started doing what you're doing uh, for Legion.
4: I think before I address that, I should ask who I'm infamous with. I thought I was famous, <laughs> not infamous. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, just, we'll just go with famous. Yeah, okay.
0: Out. Way to
2: go!
0: <laughs> you, we're bringing him in here, and then you immediately insult him. What? No, what? Come on! I mean, it's not an
2: interview
4: if I don't put a, my foot in my mouth in the first five minutes, right? <laughs> there you go. I mean, if there's an anti, um, you know, YouTube War Corgi channel cult out there, I want to know about it so I can start combating it.
0: We might know a thing or two about
4: that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you right, know, this War Corgi about... guy—he's got
1: to be stopped. <laughs>
4: Well, uh, to answer your question, I'm not stopping because I have a great time with content creation. And, you know, I'm always a big advocate of people who want to do it, getting into content content creation. There's been a lot of people who have come and gone as far as YouTube battle reports. And some of them were really good and some of them were getting really good. But a lot of them tend to just kind of fade away. And so it kind of spurred the question in my head, what keeps me coming back? And I think for me, that answer is telling stories and putting painted miniatures on nice tables and producing videos about that is just an extension of my hobby. Just like going to the local game store and playing a game as part of it, or sitting down and painting miniatures as a part of it, or making lists as a part of it. I just have a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, when I first started doing it, I was completely surprised that other people would sit down and watch me do part of my hobby. But it, it seemed to take off with the first game that I introduced the War Corgi YouTube channel. And that was team Yankee. And then through 40 K and now with star Wars Legion, uh, we've really built a, a quality audience for our battle report. So it's, it's been fun. Do you still do those other games or are you like all Legion now? I am all Legion now. Um, I mean, I've had a difficult relationship with 40K with, you know, like a lot of people probably in the Star Wars Legion community. And uh, I finally divorced that in 8th edition, and I have no intention to go back to it. And then Team Yankee was a fun game, but it was hard to get games uh, for it because it's just not well followed. And, you know, I first got it when I was in Germany. And it was fun. um, But at the same time, I got to tell you, Star Wars Legion is the best, most mechanically sound miniature war game I've ever played. And it's really fulfilling all of my hobby itches, you know, scratching all my itches for that one. Are you also just like a longtime Star Wars fan? I am. I think, um, I was asked this question before on like a scale of one to 10, I give myself a 7.5 or an eight, you know, I don't have any costumes that I go out in, but if I did, I absolutely would. So Solid Star Wars fan. But I understand that you like the Warhammer 40k universe better. Is that right, Cal? <laughs> Man, outing me. Um, oh, you said it on one of your episodes. <laughs> I did.
2: I did. I Yes, um, is the short answer. <laughs> <laughs> I have always been a Star Wars fan. Uh, but as far as like a setting for a war game, um, personally, I find the setting of 40k more interesting. Uh, but like you said, um you know, I'm also a recovering 40k player, um, and as soon as I played a game of Legion, you know, I think I think a lot of 40k players—not to insult 40k—and that's not my intention here—but you kind of like don't realize that there's other things out there. And then I I played Legion, and I'm like, wow, this is actually really good mechanically, um, and it's just an amazing game, like on the table, and it kind of uh, contrasted for me, you know, what a, what a like well-designed mechanically sound. Uh, tactically interesting miniatures game looks like. So um, yeah, I will will confess to liking the um, 40k setting better for a war game. Uh, But Legion is just, at least in my opinion, a much better game. Sorry, 40k.
4: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm in that boat with you. It was fun to create scenarios or campaigns for 40k because it's such a big, uh, deep universe that you can play in. We're doing it for Star Wars Legion, and we've done a couple of campaigns now. It, it's, it always gives me a little bit of pause because how do you incorporate these key figures that you know may or may not have been involved in these things? So a little bit more suspension of disbelief with what we know about the canon, but it, it is still a lot of fun because the game is so good.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit less uh, sandboxy, so to speak, yeah. than 40K, um, just because there is so much... Like widely available content, you know, "quote unquote" canon content out there that you have to work around. But um, yeah, the game is just so good. So why why do you keep uh, why do you keep doing your
4: your uh, battle reports? What what keeps you going? I think it's a combination of things. So number one, I obviously like playing the games, and so anytime I can get a game in, that's great. And if I can film it, you know, it it doesn't take me very much effort to film a game, to be honest, or edit a game. So I feel like I'm doing a service to the community and then it's an avenue for me to tell those stories that I like to tell and keep people entertained. And then I've, you know, come to know that more than a few people have now come into the Star Wars Legion community having watched my battle report. So I feel like I'm I'm doing a service for the community as well. So those three things really combine to keep me going. It's certainly not for the, you know, Tens of dollars I get from YouTube every month for advertisements.
0: <laughs> oh, do they pay you about as well as they pay us? <laughs> <laughs> Tens
4: of dollars. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a good point though. Like anyone that thinks that like any of us content creators do this for the money, it, it, like there is no money. <laughs> like, we do this for we do this for the people that read or want to listen or watch what we're doing, um, because it's good for a community building. You know. That's
4: a great point, Zach. Um, It's nice to have a little bit of income because you're going to be sinking a lot of costs in any type of content creation that you're going to do. You know, it's been a steady improvement in what I call my studio um, starting with lights and then microphones and better terrain. So that money that you do make is almost 100% reinvested into making sure you have stuff to make sure you're putting out the best content you can. So they're, it's always spoken for laser effects laser <laughs> effects are cheap <laughs> how, okay how do you do the laser effects i, I want to know okay it's it's probably as simple as you would think it would be it's a app on my ipad called warble and i downloaded for like five bucks the star wars packs that come with it <laughs> which include like lightsabers and blaster effects and things like that so then you just take a picture import into the warble and then you add the animation so it's dead easy and again it's part of my hobby at this point i like taking cool pictures with models and then putting laser effects and putting that on the facebook page
3: i mean for us uh, technological folks unlike kyle uh it seems like it's pretty simple but i feel like kyle might struggle and download the wrong app that you know that's for another day, I guess. <laughs> Yo, can we can we talk about Kyle for a second? And I'm sorry, but we're going to go off topic. Here. Yes, no, but I like where you're going Very with this. Great. I know you, where you're
0: you going. <laughs> going with so, Kyle, you've been uh, kind of like, I am like technologically, I can't do anything. And then the entire Legion community uh, the other day on my Twitch channel got to see these sweet order tokens you built out for yourself in tabletop simulator and nobody knows how to do that apparently other than you so can you explain a little bit how you apparently can't use technology but can also do magical things that other people can't
2: (laughs) all right so um (laughs) it's not that hard uh this is the short version the long version is the ways that i an apt in technology has more to do with like the internet and social media um and things like that, I can do. You so sound there.
0: like excuses now, as opposed to actual <laughs> actual barriers.
2: Uh, it's, it's, I'm sure that's some of it. I mean, you know, I got my original name uh, in the Legion community because I made a odds calculator scripted in Visual Basic. So, um, I can't confess to be totally useless when it comes to technology. Let's just say that I have very specific skill sets related to technology. <laughs> We have been deceived. <laughs> but, but finding finding gifs or um, saving games <laughs> on tabletop simulators. What? Wait! 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 Uh, mean, wait a not- No! 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 You're
1: just you peanut butter.
2: <laughs> wait! Hang on! No, there's that's like the correct way to say it, right? No, no. <laughs> I thought the guy that like invented it said that it was it was that. Michael, do you, do you have any do you have any opinion on this the gif versus gif conversation?
4: I absolutely go with Jif, but I imagine you're the type of person who also calls them memes instead of memes. Is that right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> May Mays. <laughs>
4: I, I, I think
2: uh, I I'm, have not heard meme, but yeah, Jif is... Uh,
3: anyway, we're way off topic here. Yeah. Uh,
1: choose moms, choose Jif. All right,
3: to get back on topic, the calculator is how you got your start then, right, Kyle?
1: <laughs> yeah. So
2: um, actually, to... To sort of round out this topic, Michael, this was
4: this was actually your idea to talk about content creation. Um, yeah, and, I, I didn't and want so much talk about as to hear why you guys uh, continue to produce great content. Yeah. I know so it's hard.
2: It is. Um, well, I, I don't know if I would say it's... So the reason that I got into, me personally, that I got into creating content for Legion is just because I, I love the game so much. And I found myself sort of uh, researching it and writing about it. Um, anyway, so I figured, you know, I started with a blog never tell me the odds. Um, and it was focused on stats and I had sort of just already started trying to answer some of my own questions about, you know, dice odds and things like that by creating like a, a essentially an odds calculator. Um, so, I decided I would just write about it. And then, um, you know, in doing that, I met some other members of the community, including Mike and David. And um, at some point, we decided, uh, you know, there was no, at the time, there was no like competitive podcast out there. So, we decided to start one. Um, and also through that, I met Jay from the Fifth Trooper because he interviewed me, uh, you know, related to the, the Never Tell Me The Odds blog. Um, and basically, I approached him and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, we're trying to start this podcast. You got any tips? And he's like, well, you want help? (laughs) (laughs) We're like, all right. Uh, so that's a, that's essentially how that started. Um, and how the, you know, me and Mike and David got together. Um, so, and we've been, we've been doing it ever since. And it's, you know, we're still constantly talking about Legion all the time amongst ourselves. Um, so it's super easy to just record, you know, an hour or two of it every week. Um, you know, kind of like you said, it's something that you would do
4: anyway. Why not just record it? Yeah. So does that apply for you, other guys as well?
1: Uh, well, I um, I started a blog as well, you know, way back because I, I just I, I really fell in love with Legion competitively, and because um, I was a big X Wing player, but X Wing had you know, all these issues, and and I. I uh it really started feeling like half of a game because I got into Armada in the interim. And then um the you know I kind of fell in love with Legion because it was really a felt like a full game to me and I got into it and it was just you know it was an infantry based game it had a Star Wars IP I was super into it didn't play 40k any of their games um but uh I did the blog and then I did the the uh, Twitch channel and then I got you know hooked in with Notorious Scoundrels and, and then ultimately Fifth Trooper with Jay. And, um, and you asked me why I do it. Um, I have this, I just love the game and I want to share that love with other people. I think Legion is a thrilling game, both to play and ultimately to watch if you have a good interpreter between you and the game. The game really wasn't designed with spectators in mind. And I think there is a role for casters to be the the ambassadors and interpreters of the game and share you know the excitement of it and you know get people more and more involved and i really do believe that legion can be a th- watching a game of legion can be a thrilling experience in under the right conditions and that's why i continue to do this
2: i want to hear from mr barry next which one oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oops yeah. Yikes. sorry mr mr mike berry
0: i mean uh I did, i'd like to say
2: uh, i did that on purpose yeah
0: uh, i was gonna say i i like uh, i forgot when you said that like that there's another berry in here i was like oh uh, sorry zach um jeez, yeah um i mean honestly my story is not that much different from from yours kyle uh i'd say that ours kind of progressed very similarly along the same path, you know, this dude named Kyle Dornbos asked me to, you know, write an article about Darth Vader. And I was like, hell yeah, let's write an article about Darth Vader. Um, and uh, we sort of just went from there. Um, I think the reason that I kind of like continue to do this on a daily basis is because um, I like to teach to some degree i like to help other people kind of understand why things are the way they are in a way that makes sense um i'm not going to say that i always achieve that um but and and certainly i can sometimes describe things hyperbolically uh but uh you know i i do enjoy kind of allowing people to learn through me which i i think is really cool and it's something you can contribute to society but in in this you know context you know our gaming community so
3: yeah um on that note i remember when i first started my blog uh it's because i started listening to uh podcasts like scoundrels but it was like a year into the game and i just picked up the game so i'd be listening to you guys and i'd be like what the r2 beep boop noise is going on here <laughs> and, and so then i'm like oh well why don't we start like a beginner's blog and it's going to help me learn the game in a better way and that's how i started the Jedi, you know the jedda journal um was i just i was trying to like vocalize how i felt with the game and where i was at and then on, somewhat from for me is that i become obsessed with things and i've been obsessed with star wars since i was like six years or six years old so that doesn't help either um, and I went from a beginner to kind of heavy competitive, like real quickly. So then I had to kind of shift things. Um, and then eventually, of course, um, Jay and the scoundrels came to me and Mike and, you know, we kind of formed, uh, the team and, uh, honest to God, I, th- I think the team is one of the main reasons I keep going. Um, we've built a pretty great family here and, um, I enjoy talking to these guys all the time. Um, not just even just for the podcast, but like we talk daily and we enjoy our company, I think. And then obviously the other aspect is I just like growing the community. Um, you know, I was having this conversation the other day, I'm thinking of possibly going to LVO that, you know, the season just to judge or stream, I don't even think I'd play if I were to go. Um, and you know, someone was saying, well, that's crazy. I'm like, well, you know what? The community is going to need a reboot and I want to be a person that can do that if I can go and that's just an example of it's just all for the community for, you know, for why I keep going. I I will say that
4: I think I've gotten to the point and created my own prison here. Expectations is certainly driving me to do more as well these days. Uh, When I first started, obviously I didn't have very many fans or very many people who were watching. And so there was no expectation for me to put out, content or content of a certain quality but as my channel has grown i think expectations have grown and i have definitely started to feel that lately is his any of you guys felt that way at all like, there's an expectation for you to be doing this
3: uh yeah i think so um in a sense that like yeah, like when a like a blog comes up, or, or like or like uh, the next podcast, I'm just like it just keeps you drive. Like your drive is just continually going on that aspect. I think um, just because like you know people are looking forward to it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I uh, I think there
0: there are good expectations that come along with it, and then there are like things you don't want to do too. Like I hate writing articles. Yet. Kyle, every month, is like, Mike, I need another article. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, and uh, Which is fine, you know. um, But uh, I do think that, to some degree, you know, it... I'm not sure if expectations is the right word, but I feel like if I miss a cast or, you know, I'm not available for a certain thing, I do feel personally disappointed that I am not able to to do that, not so much for me, but for the, the people that would be consuming the content.
1: I'm going to borrow an analogy from weightlifting here about content creation. It's a little bit unreasonable to expect a PR every week. That's a personal record every week. But I feel you, Corgi, on this um, idea to, there's this pushed out, do yourself every time you go, and make something new. You're like, how am I gonna? How am I gonna? How am I gonna push the limits? How am I gonna, you know, do something that no one's ever seen before? How am I gonna keep an audience excited and interested? You know, that pressure is certainly there. Um, so, I mean, in terms of like expecting more from yourself, right? Like, that's that's definitely one facet of it. I think the other one might be, you know, the audience is waiting for you, and if you don't show up, you're gonna leave them hanging, and then they'll walk away or be like, "What happened, man?" Or, or you know, you don't want to disappoint on on you know just by by not showing up and you also want to outdo yourself with every new thing you produce so i sympathize immensely with the with what you're saying
4: yeah and that's not to say it's not fun because i i do enjoy that people are looking forward to my my videos and i i do look forward to that people are looking forward to my podcast so Getting that feedback is always positive, but there is a cycle that it does kick off where, you, you know, you're trying to meet their expectations as, as you move forward and trying to make things better all the time. I guess it's the, it's the bad part of getting to be more recognized in, in your field.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe there's a small downside there, but at the end of the day, man, you get to make these cool videos and you get to play with awesome miniatures. So how bad can it be? Right.
4: Oh, for sure. For sure. This is not really a complaint. It's just kind of a a thought about, you know, what keeps me going for sure.
1: Oh yeah. So, um, let's, uh, let's talk about your channel. Um, so I'm, I'm actually on your channel page right now, and I see you have a huge selection of just awesomely produced videos that cover these, uh, these battle reports, not just for Legion, but of course for 40K, and also you have um, instructional videos as well. Um, what kind of schedule do you keep? Um, I'm just curious, because this is a, a lot of production. Your channel's been about for about, what, two years?
4: Uh, channel's been around for... We've been doing Star Wars Legion for almost two years. It'll be two years in October. But before that, I think we are around for a year and a half prior, so it's been a little while now.
1: Can you like describe like what's the... What's the process like? Like, when do you figure out what you're going to do next, and and how do you how do you make that all work? Like, do you have like I'm sure you have like a workflow with these, right? That's not something that's, I mean, you say it's, you say it's easy-ish, but like it's not so easy, right? You have to actually like plan it out and you know, figure out you know what you're going to do next.
4: Yeah. So unlike Mike, I don't have a Kyle here demanding things of me every month, you know, and things I don't want to do. So <laughs> it is all based up to me. Uh, And that's why you see I did a couple of like intro videos and things like that, but went away from them because like Mike writing articles, I just didn't find them fun or engaging for me to do. And plus they're really hard. So my comfort zone is definitely battle reports. And that's just really based off availability to get games in. And when I first started playing Legion, I was over in Germany and I had a couple of good friends, uh, but just three of them that played Legion with me. And I had a full-time job at the time as well. So it was really difficult to do any sort of uh, consistent battle reports, I would say, other than maybe a monthly battle report. But since I've entered into semi-retired status and moved back home, and I got a much bigger community of players to draw on here, it's really, you know, when is the wife working this week? Can somebody come over and play a game? And do I need to put out a battle report this week? Has it been you know, long enough that I need to do that? And do they agree to be filmed for it? So it's, it's kind of just like anybody else planning to go play a game at the local game store or at a friend's house, except that when I plan my games, it's, it's with the assumption that I'll probably film
1: it. Who picks the lists?
4: Uh, Players do. And I will normally let them pick their list first, as far as what faction they're playing. And I'll, Go with the opposing faction, canon-wise. Generally speaking, we've never had on the channel a uh, like Empire versus Empire or Rebel versus Rebel match. We don't always have to stay in timeline. And certainly, if there's a list that I'm excited about, because maybe we've got a new release, maybe I've got new units, uh, I'll put that on and you know it'll be clones versus the Empire or something like that. But it's really what people want to play. Uh, one of the things I do not insist on but i I definitely encourage is that they play with painted models and for that i got four studio armies which is insane um that they can draw off of as well to get painted models for don't collect four armies it's it's not the way to go am i right there mike
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i i mean i look if if you're looking to protect your wallet, no, it's not the way to go. And if, and if you're and if you're looking to ever paint your stuff, also probably not the way to go. But but if you love Star Wars and you don't mind paying playing with un, at least somewhat unpainted models, I I mean I don't know how you painted for fully painted armies. I think that's. Good on you, dude.
4: Uh, um... (laughs) Goes back to the expectation talk, but you know where it really hurts me at is I'll be behind in certain things. So I just picked up my first two unit of Tauntauns, which you guys have been talking about as being pretty good for a little while now. And so when you're building four armies, you, you can't necessarily get three units of Death Troopers because you can get one unit of Death Troopers, but you have to also get a unit of Pathfinders. And, and things like that. So I think if you're focused on one or two armies, you can definitely round out your collection and, and put together a more competitive list. But as far as the channel's concerned, you know, collecting four armies and playing with four armies all the time definitely spices things up, even though we probably make a few more rules mistakes because we're switching between factions all the time.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. I do think that um, most people are not like me. And like I basically, I... Whenever a new unit comes out, I buy the maximum amount of it that you can field in a competitive army, um, which is like I have a lot of stuff that never actually sees the table. You know,
3: <laughs> you don't
4: say, <laughs> yeah, but it could, and that's the important it, it part. It
0: certainly could. Yeah, I, because um, I'm I'm like you to some degree in that like if somebody, I a lot of times you know when. COVID isn't a thing. I'll invite people that have never played the game before to come over to my house and be like, hey, like I've got a table. I've got the whole, you know, nine yards. I'll so be like, hey, let's play Legion. And it's really awesome to be able to be like, well, they, they're like, I don't have an army. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I literally have everything. What do you want to play? <laughs> and um, I'm like, literally go into the list builder, make a list. I will just pull the stuff out for you. It's not a big deal. Um, and that that is that's really a really cool thing to have just like on hand so
4: i can see why that might be difficult to paint you know chris has appeared on the channel quite a bit lately and he's doing some tune-up videos for me david that you've probably seen uh, where he's talking about attrition and things like you you guys talk about on the podcast but he likes to play a little bit uh, wonky list i will say And so he asked me the other day if I had four four sets of fleet troopers. I'm like, who owns four sets of fleet troopers? I don't think anybody owns four sets of fleet
1: (laughs) troopers. True Sons of the Rebellion own four sets of fleet troopers.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't count me in their number, because I only have one (laughs) unit of fleet troopers.
0: Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, Yeah, it's it's a lot, you know, Um, and I I don't think it's really possible to have everything in the game. I mean, I suppose it's possible, but like, that's actually one thing I don't have six of, Uh, you know, I only have two fleet troopers, Um, but
1: yeah, just kidding. I only have two. I don't know what what I'm getting together. We have five. (laughs) There
3: we go. What I'm getting out of this is that is that Mike needs to play Michael in a grand, 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 grand army game on the channel. Just I'll get all the models on the table and do what you can.
0: Yeah. I would be totally down for that. I um so I, I don't know, Michael, if you've been able to play Grand Army, um, but like I have enough models for it and I have been like dying to play a Grand Army game since this game has started and nobody everybody's like that sounds like it'll take all day. That doesn't sound like fun. I'm like, but I want to <laughs>
4: So uh, I have not played a Grand Army game. We did play a 1,200-point game on the channel that kind of used some of the Grand Army rules for it. Uh, but kind of like Skirmish, Like I, I would play it once and I'd be fine with it, but 800 is just the sweet spot for me. So if you ever make it to St. Louis, you can bring your collection and we'll get a Grand Army game in, but don't ask me to do it twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, St. Louis, is, is that where Warfare Weekend is?
4: It is. Yeah. We're the home yeah. of uh, Warfare Weekend and the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. Those nice. are the two things we're known for.
0: Um, and I assume that you went to Warfare Weekend last year. Yeah.
4: I did. I had a great time. It was my first competitive event for Star Wars Legion because cool. uh, my German was certainly not good enough to go competing there. And I ended up going three and two, which I thought was a pretty good result and at least gave me some credibility on the channel.
0: That's awesome. I, uh, you know, I think that it's just like, these conventions are very much um, just great places to like meet people from the community, you know? Um, And, and it's always really awesome to like go to them and interact with, you know, people that listen or just, or just people generally, you know? Um, And I, uh, I can't wait until they get started again.
4: I'm the same because I felt like I was watching from a distance over in Germany and then getting to meet LJ Pena um, at Warfare Weekend, I also got to meet Brendan Franz and uh, Ed and other folks. I, I think I've, I've started to tap into the community, but I I'm definitely plan to go to LVO this year and really get to meet everybody. Because I think, like you guys always hit on, it's, it's the best part of this game is the community. And I can tell you, having done battle reports for Team Yankee, Warhammer 40K, and Star Wars Legion, the best fans I have out there are the star Wars Legion fans. They're they're the most supportive and just pleasant to deal with all around.
3: Now um, we've talked about the um, battle report channel quite a bit, but you kind of started a podcast that we've brushed on a little bit too. Uh, you want to talk about that?
4: Yeah. So I didn't actually start the podcast, Zach. Uh, that was my friend Keith who did that. And uh, if you listen to episodes one and maybe two, it's just Keith talking And so he decided he needed a, a, you know, a co-host and, you know, like you guys, I'm talking about star Wars all the time with my friends. So it was no big deal for me to agree to go on to his podcast and and join him on that. And it's been fun. I will tell you, it's kind of, I I don't, I I mean, we're 22 episodes in and I don't know if we have a category that we fall neatly into yet.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think you fit a good area. I've been listening uh, quite a bit now that I'm back to work and commuting. Um, And, you know, it's interesting that you take your certain units and you talk about it and you just kind of go off of that. And I think it hits a really good area for the community, in my opinion. Um, You know, I think it's a good mix of, you know, competitive and casual, because I know that, you know, uh, Keith um, likes to play, you know, competitive as well. Um, But he's also um, joined the, the channel, too, as a painter, if I'm not mistaken, too, right?
4: Yeah, he's an excellent painter, and he actually uh, makes money doing commission painting. And so he was looking to do some extra work for school, essentially, uh, because he's getting some constructive credit for his painting. And so he asked if he could put some painting videos on the channel. Now, I had done some painting videos for Paint All the Minis, and uh, they aren't great. (laughs) Uh, So when Keith volunteered to do it, I decided to take him up on that, and they've been going over very well. But we do bring out two units every week and talk about them and discuss how you can add them into your gameplay and how they might be fun, which, you know, we do on the channel all the time. We play with every single unit that we have available to us and we, we are competing against each other, but we're not doing it in such a way that, you know, we're only playing with the best stuff. We like to keep it thematic as well. Uh, And. Keith is pretty much in the same boat. He's had a lot of success at like uh, regional events and goes up to Chicago and competes up there as well with a very good Legion community. He's been on the channel three times and he, he is, you know, a very, very good player and a great painter. So talking Legion with him every week has been fantastic.
3: Uh, you also um, have been doing some giveaways. Well, Keith has been doing some giveaways. Um, what's the latest one? Iden Versio.
4: I don't know if you guys have checked her out, but she's pretty good.
0: She's awesome. She's <laughs> she is the savior of the Empire. She <laughs> ah, man. I um you know, you take take Dio, um ah, you know, it's just she does everything you want like an Imperial Commander to be. She actually, to be honest. Like she plays like I think Rex probably maybe should play more like um, she just like she just gets up in there and like messes the opponent up and she doesn't need a lightsaber to do it. You know, she she like does it the the right way. You know, she's I don't know. It's so it's awesome.
4: All three of her command cards are just absolutely amazing. And they do yeah. different things for her. They allow her to do different things, or the people around her to do different things. So, yeah, I've had great fun painting her up and then putting her on the table. She's gotten—I've uh, gotten one game in with her, and then she's been on the channel two other times before that. So we're still learning the tricks and how to play her properly. Uh, most of us don't play on TTS, so as far as learning curve, we're—it's we're, pretty steep for us right now. But you can definitely tell the potential's there. So she's been fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have have. Did you get a chance to um, use Dio's command card to like shut a
4: shut a core unit down yet? No, I haven't because she keeps killing things at like range three. <laughs> <laughs> She's having a hard time closing. Every, every, everything's
0: dead by the time she gets there. Yeah, um, it's a no, hard problem I, to have. I feel I guess. you there. It's a good problem.
4: To <laughs> <have>. <laughs> it's definitely a good problem to have.
2: Yeah. So do you have anything, uh, any upcoming podcast episodes or battle reports that you want to plug before we close out here today?
4: Yeah, I always like to pay tribute to Paint All the Minis, and it is a podcast, and it is a YouTube channel and Facebook group. And my friend Dan Adam is the one that got me into Star Wars Legion. He had seen some of my team Yankee battle reports, and he was starting this collaborative effort to start a YouTube channel. And it's all based off, you know, passion and enthusiasm for the hobby. And so he asked me to start doing battle reports for him on paint all minis. And he sent me the core set for star Wars Legion in order to get started. And so that's, I had been interested in star Wars Legion, but I didn't think anybody around me was going to be playing it. And I wasn't going to spend the money for a game that looked cool, but I couldn't play. But since he sent it for me for free to me for free, um, I I've been stuck on it ever since. So we give him quality battle reports, at least once a month. And the next time that we have coming up, it, it just kind of random, which ones go to him. Uh, we we plan beforehand, like this is going to be a pain all the minis battle report. And so it's going to be an Aiden versus Cassian matchup. And it is one of the funnest games I have played in a really long time. And it makes for a really fascinating battle report. So that's going to be premiering uh, the same day that this podcast probably goes out, which is Tuesday, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. See, I listen every week. Uh so after you get done with this podcast, if you want to go over to the Paint All of Minis channel, check out an awesome game between Aiden, uh, which is played by me, and Cassian and Jin, which is played by my friend Chris.
2: That is exceptionally thematic.
4: Uh it, it, it's a wild game. <laughs> uh, so I was right running Aiden with two speeder bikes and two units of death troopers and some stormtroopers, I want to say, and then uh, Chris has Cassian K2SO gen three units of pathfinders, but none of the hero upgrades. It's just the four man pathfinder squads and then uh, a bunch of rebel troopers and whatnot. And so I was the blue player in playing with vital assets these last couple of weeks. Thanks to the fifth trooper spoiling the most cards for us. Uh, it ended up with bombing run in the last position. So I forced bombing run on him and nothing goes to plan for either side. So it is, it is a ball to watch.
2: Well, super excited to see that. Um, thanks for, thanks for coming
4: on today and
2: uh,
4: talking with us. It's been a pleasure. I enjoy your podcast immensely. So it's uh, really exciting for me to, to be on here talking to you guys. All right. Well, thanks man. Take it easy. All right.
2: So that was War Corgi. Let's uh, let's hit some let's hit some brand new cards, Zach. You want to tell us? You want Get to tell us what we have here? I, I just...
0: you were killing me <laughs> 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 straight hold... up,
2: we killing had, me. We need a signal like in Seinfeld where they like pat the head.
0: You he know? had to hold in my like, laughter when I he just like, talking. like, you even you even like l- <laughs> were like leaving a pause a little bit, and so I was like, hit it. Do it, and then you just were like, and eh, so is Zach. <laughs> so <is that? laughs> uh, I'm
2: sorry. Well, you know, you're all good, man. Drops are it's not like we haven't been doing drops for a while, so um. it's
0: totally fine. Just uh, pick right back up like right here.
2: No, I think we should leave this in.
0: No.
2: Oh, i wow. <laughs> <awesome. laughs> No, that's...
0: I'm cutting this out. Right. Um, but you know, I can leave the drop in, I can just edit all the audio our audio out it's not a big deal all right. so let's start talking all right, all
3: right so, what do you got for us, zach all right um we got some goodies from ffg um ahead of this padme uh, release uh the first one i'm looking at here is ascension cables i'm gonna read it verbatim here um it is a free action it is exhaustible and it states until the end of your activation you gain scale In in parentheses, you ignore the effects of difficult terrain and do not suffer wounds while clambering. Either before or after you perform a move action, you may perform a free clamber action. End of the parentheses. It is a gear upgrade, and it's four points. So, uh, I I mean, on the top of it, four points for scale seems pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not four points for scale totally though right you yeah you, you only can use it once yep for like one turn um and you know it it is pretty good i mean you can use it as just like a environmental gear if you want to uh in which case it's kind of expensive um or you can use it for what it's intended for which is basically you know <clears throat> Uh, I'm sure everybody has seen Star Wars, the Phantom Menace. And if you haven't, you probably should fix that. Um, but they like shoot their guns up in the Naboo palace, right. And grapple up. So that's kind of what this is. I think trying to imitate.
1: I'll just say, I the, like sorry, go on. Okay. The bloopers for that scene were the best. Cause they all kept shooting their guns and they couldn't all get up at the same time. So they had to keep retaking that scene over and over again until they got it right. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe they just weren't all tapping their ascension cables at the same time.
1: There you go. There you go. I mean, it's four points seems for like a pretty good deal, right? Because like maybe you only use an upgrade like grappling hooks or environmental gear like once per game, you know, so it doesn't seem like it's really that much of a problem for it to be exhaustible. But I mean, it's a fair point, right? It's not permanent. You have to choose to use it and you have to recover to use it again. So it does have some some cost associated with it in addition to the points.
0: I think that there's like some play here in like, uh, like a veers death trooper, you know, like wonky SWAT style list where you give all your death troopers scale. And like, they like, so veers is like, all right guys go. And they like climb up this wall, just blast somebody. And then the next turn, he Imperials disciplines and they blast somebody and climb back down. And it's just, I don't know. I think that could be really cool. Um, I don't know how good it would be, but um, I, th- I think it creates some interesting scenarios that we ordinarily don't have. You know, uh, like interacting with vertical ter- terrain without the jump or permanent scale keyword on your card, it's very, it's frankly very penalizing in this game. And Ascension Cables, I think, gives us an opportunity to actually play with vertical terrain in our games and not feel like it's wasted
3: um i don't play imperials but reading this just makes me want to play Aiden veers and you just throw these things on death troopers play tack strike and just go bananas right and then imperial discipline and it's back um and that's me i play rebels and clones but all of a sudden i'm inspired to throw Aiden on the table with this
1: yeah like scaling death troopers with steady sounds terrifying (laughs) legitimately terrifying
3: you know, uh, it sounds like fun even, even for like, for me who does not like Imperials. <laughs> right. um, I'm sure I could find a place for it in clones though. I mean, it seems like this has a lot of uses, um,
2: you know, just beyond that. Like I could totally see giving this to commander Luke, right. Jump one activation skill and other, like how many times are you trying to cross two things with Luke and you can only do it once with jump. Um, you know, for only four points, I could totally see this. Especially if you're running him like alongside Cassian with Volunteer Mission, you get two uses out of it. Um, you know, there's now that Rebels have a recover card. Also, there's a lot of possibilities for for an Exhaustible cover like this.
1: It's too bad it doesn't pair with uh, Cassian's Tactical because climbing isn't standard. Although I guess it would, wouldn't it? Because it's a free Climber after moving. So you could actually pair it with I with uh, Cassian to do some like you know vertical movement with his sniping or something like that and keep your o push going and like you can sort of pop up over terrain like a Bosque would you know Bosque would do this with expert climber casting could now do similar with a sniping and uh climb up on a cliff and shoot something
0: yeah i mean i think just you mentioned bosk like this is pretty good on bosk too right four points he's a pretty cheap model generally and generally you have points on upgrades like Expert climber is fine, but scale's way better.
1: Yeah, because he gets that unhindered plus the free climb, right? Like it just—it's just so much better than unhindered. Yeah. An expert
3: climber individually. Totally. Um, <clears throat> so the other card, um, not to cut us off on ascension cables, we can get back to that. But the other one is quite interesting. It's situational awareness, and that reads uh, while equipped to a. Support unit increased this card's points by four. Uh, you gain out maneuver and you can spend a dodge token to cancel uh, critical results. It is a training upgrade, and it costs two points. Um, so obviously, if you're putting on a support unit, it's really costing six. Um, so it has a little bit of a variable rate, um, which is you know c- cool to see. Um, uh, I think, obviously, this is going to be a great card for units that are able to get dodges on them you know, easily. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. Are you thinking of a certain unit, Zach? <laughs> even though it's I mean, only six points. I mean, I have I have the card art in front of me, and it doesn't have a tauntaun on it. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. it certainly should have a taunt on it. <laughs> well,
2: how, how many support units have training slots?
1: Uh, well, yeah. The taunt on the back.
2: <laughs> I think that's the. Whole thing. Yeah, yeah, so let, let me tell
0: you, the back doesn't get dodge tokens like ever. No, also, so I think I think. That- they they had something in mind there, right?
2: Like, yeah. But it <laughs> says, well, equipped to support
3: unit, increase this card points by four. <laughs> I mean, I think they had Tim Hannon in mind when they made this card, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I like the idea behind the card that it, it costs cheaper for units that like, let's say, don't have agile and other things. So they increase the cost and it like forces you to kind of think about That and I think that actually is like interesting because it forces you to think about that slot for tauntauns, um, you know, as we're talking about them, uh, which we often do, of course. But they only have that one training, I mean, that one training slot, right? And usually that's tenacity. Um, Mm -hmm. So, or you know, I've seen I've seen a case for endurance in the past. Um, You know, don't get me wrong; I'm, I'm sure endurance is fine too. But now you're talking about a third upgrade card that you have to really think about because it's really good for them. To take those dodges and get rid of critical hits that are coming in through them, um, so I think it's good to see that tenacity is not like a, you know, staple onto them. You know what I mean?
1: I agree. Um, it's you know obviously units will have a best in slot, right? And it's nice to have a, a comp a competitor and make a real choice, and that is a real choice. I mean tenacity does increase the effectiveness of the single remaining Tauntaun and melee by a significant margin. And it makes them much more sticky you know when i say sticky i mean that single unit leader is still a threat because it can still whack you in the face for four hits um just on its own but being able to cancel dodges is huge um th- that is like the scourge of all tauntauns is like crit generating units like atrts for example or uh snipers with critical um so th- those are like those are just real scourges for tauntauns and i think like I think in the balance, I mean, situational awareness is definitely going to be worth trying. I think more often than not, you're skirmishing with your tauntauns now more than you're actually charging. It's more like you selectively charge and um, you do a lot more shooting because the shooting is really consistent. It's really good at killing strike teams. Um, There's just, just really good arguments for both, and that's really good to see, like you're saying, Zach.
3: Yeah, and I mean, another unit that typically can find tenacity on it Um, even though he doesn't need it, is Operative Luke, who somehow has a lot of ways to get dodges on him. So all of a sudden, this is looking like a good, you know, opportunity for him to, you know, first of all, you know, Tenacity's four points, Uh, situational awareness here is two. So you're dropping, you know, Op Luke's cost by two uh, without even thinking about it, kind of. And you can dodge a critical result and, you know, deflect or do whatever you need to do. And that seems like a really good... um, I don't want to call it a buff because it's not like a buff, but I mean, it's just a good card for him to have in his arsenal now, right?
1: It it can be a trap because on the one hand, you want to cancel the single crit. And on the other hand, you're wasting a deflect charge, essentially. Like if you think of each of your dodges as a battery for deflect, you're trying to save your deflect for that big hit. And that's when you want to use it because that means you get more chances to roll surges and return wounds, which is like the ultimate you know, benefit of having deflect is being able to return wounds on your opponent's activation. Um, But so it can be a trap. I think it can also be fantastic if you have some crazy shot coming in, like, you know, oh, three crits, at least I get to still cancel one of them, you know?
0: Yeah, I sort of feel like um, as far as force users go that want this upgrade, um, I think Kenobi really wants this upgrade, right? Like, you know, there's not a lot of force users that can generate like eight dodge tokens in a turn, but Kenobi can. And like, that's where I think situational awareness like really shines. Like clearly he can only, uh, outmaneuver things that hit him specifically, but like, you know, I mean, when you, when you get hit with a, with a six die pool or whatever, um, and there's a couple crits in there, being able to just take care of all of it is super great.
1: Yeah, thank goodness you still can't Guardian crits.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That yeah. would be kind of crazy if you could do that with, with Sorosu and Situational Awareness, if that were possible. That would be insanely good.
0: It would be It would be very good. Um, I, but I actually think that, force users aside, the main place this card shines is on like heroes with Nimble, for instance... Jin, uh and Aiden, and sabine like all and to some extent leia too although i think she's still pretty fragile um all of those heroes um are very much built on core concepts that include fortifying their defense with either impervious or um you know uh danger sense or shields um and being able to ramp up that defense even more on a unit that can give itself dodge tokens very easily and has nimble so that like you don't feel bad about spending your dodge token against one, one hit, um, I think is a really big incentive to take this card.
1: This also goes on veterans and pathfinders. And there's a pathfinder pictured. And pathfinders generally pick up dodges through like teamwork from Jin or maybe a Calculate from K2SO um veterans of course if you give them an order they get their dodge token as well and that's generally good if veterans can at least avoid some chip damage uh, you know all these rebel white save units right they're, they're not rebel troopers are generally expensive for points and this is just a way to enhance their defenses a little bit maybe make their keyword a little bit stronger i think it's kind of intended as a i mean i don't want to go so far as to call it a fix but you can kind of see that they you know they know they recognize there's the issue with dodges and aims not being not having uh, equality in terms of value, and so they're trying to do something to help the Dodge token on these units.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's room for like a, you know a kitted out Rebel army that um, is like had you know is running Rebel troopers with you know the I don't what's the the specialist guy that gives them a training slot? Captain. Oh, the captain. captain. The captain. You know, you know, you take the captain and you're like, okay, my rebel trooper squad has a heavy. It's got six dudes in it and it can it's dodges that are nimble, you know, can cancel crits. And, um, you know, Leia hands out a couple dodge tokens at the beginning of the turn. And and now you know that if those units get shot at, those dodge tokens are not going to be wasted. Um, I think that there's value there. And for and two points is pretty cheap. Um, uh, Clearly, the um, captain is not so cheap. Uh, right, um, yes, 15, yeah.
3: 15 points or fourteen? I'm going off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, yeah I'd, I'd have to take so, a look. But so um,
1: seventeen for an extra body, and then two for, uh, for seventeen for the extra body and situational, and then twenty-six for the DLT. Yeah, something like that plus forty. Good. So it's like seventy-seven or something like that. That's not terrible for six for six troop unit. They can cancel crits with dodges and keep them.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't feel bad when you're getting that can't you know the cancellation of the crit right if they're dodging. Um,
1: yeah, the fact that it's sub eighty points is actually really promising.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I do think that um, you know this is not a upgrade that is the end all be all to you know the problems of not spending dodge shoguns right. Like um, high velocity snipers still exist, you know. Um, this does not say that high velocity doesn't work, right? If, if a sniper rolls a crit or even a hit, like you still can't dodge it. Yeah. Um, they've got high velocity.
1: Break out those um, tanks. <laughs> Cause, uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but, but, you know, I mean, in situations where high velocity is not in there, uh, I do think it is relevant, but the reason I bring that up is because a lot of the situations where there's only one crit in the pool and no hits A lot of the time is the sniper
3: shots where it's relevant. Yep. Um, I mean, the way I see it, right, is if you have a unit that has a uh, training slot, and let's say it's vets and you're used to putting like recon intel on the vets. Well, maybe you think to yourself, well, maybe I drop the recon intel and add this to add like a, you know, an extra sense of, you know, security on their defense. Just an example, you know.
1: Maybe this is the answer to keeping uh, Galactic Civil War strike teams alive against ARC Troopers. You take situational awareness and Leia, and you feed your strikes, dodges, and then when the ARC Troopers crit you, you just cancel it. That's one idea.
0: I mean, it's certainly... There's probably some play there. I mean, taking your strike teams from 48 points to 50 is not that big a deal anymore.
3: Truth. Yeah, especially when the uh, Clone Wars snipers are, what, 52? I think, uh, that we're basing it off some, uh, fuzzy images. Um, but you know, um, that's invader league talking there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, a super, super exciting, super interesting to see how people use this. It seems like a very flexible upgrade along with both, both of these instantly look like, um, you know, there's a number of places for them in competitive lists. Like I don't look at either of these and see like an act, you know, a uh, grappling hooks or, you know, like the original version of targeting scopes. Where you're like, why would I, why would I take this? These both look like I can instantly think of three or four different scenarios where I would take both of these.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's clear that, you know, um, these upgrades were, like, they were built to be used as opposed to just kind of exist, right? Um, yep. So.
2: Well, uh should we should we move briefly on to Invader League?
0: Invader League? Yep. What's that?
2: <laughs> I know. It's it's the it's the only uh tournament going on right now.
1: It's so. the premier online legion tournament for Tabletop Simulator.
2: Yeah. Um Yeah, so uh I played my game last Friday. Mike, you casted that with other Mike? That would be Max Serrilla Ghost Walking. Um, yep. Would it, so, as a as a third party observer, what what takeaways do you have from from that game and or and or questions about it? I, I won't like recap it because I know people hate battle reports, but. Uh. Um, my takeaways
0: from that. So first of all, just to kind of give a brief, topical overview of what the situation was was, it was a, Cassian operative luke range four to five gun line versus your droid army which was dooku a bunch of b1s and some snipers with a full bx squad and um what ended up happening was that the rebels were able to kind of put the hurt on you at range and i think that it it was difficult for you to really kind of get where you wanted to go at least on the early turns and then Luke sort of got aggressive and I think um, there were some mistakes in there probably made and he ended up dying um, but I but I think that had those mistakes not been made you would have been in a really tight spot
2: yeah I was actually really impressed uh, so Habmo is, is the name of the guy that I played against um, it was a a quote-unquote like we've called this like a Pierce stacking rubble list, which basically means that you take three snipers, you take Cassian, and you take some additional Pierce. In this case, it was you know Jedi Luke, um, which which is really good, uh, you know, or at least better than other lists against clones. Um, and uh, but you know the perception is that it's not necessarily great against droids, um, and that's that's been generally my experience so far. But playing against Habmo on Friday you know, he was really able to leverage that like range four to five advantage. Um, and you know, separatists are essentially a range three list, right? Like you've got snipers. Um, but you're, you know, none of your core units have like meaningful range four weapons. You got the little two dice critical fishing sniper thing, but it's not like a T 21 B, you know, it's not like a DLT 20. Um, so, uh, you're, you know, separatists are a range three list and I found basically between, all of his like range four to five firepower and then, you know, his early zoning with Luke, I was essentially like unable to get into that range three slugfest position, which is where you want to be as a droid player in that situation. Um, so yeah, I was actually really impressed. You know, the perception is that that list does not do very good against droids. Um, but Hadmo played it well, at least as far as the zoning and the attrition is concerned. Um, and yeah, I think he got a little, uh, a little bloodlusty with with Luke, uh, maybe a little earlier than he needed to, and um, he he did have a great. So Dooku is like specifically good at countering that sort of thing, but um, Hebma was actually playing all of Luke's cards, which includes uh, "I am a Jedi." <laughs> it was it was amazing. So we had been talking on the cast, like
0: leading up to you know, I, I think it was like turn four or something when. He actually played I Am A Jedi, but, you know, we, we're, you know, me and Mike can clearly see uh, all of the command cards in your guys' hands. So we, we, we're we sitting there. And we know he doesn't have any of Cassian's cards, but we're like, man, Kyle's going to sit down across from this list and probably make a, a decent judgment call that he's got some of Cassian's cards, right? Like that seems pretty fair and logical because that's kind of the thing to be doing right now. I was like, I, I'm i not sure I would sit down across the table from someone and assume that they had none of them.
3: Uh, yeah, that was shocking as a viewer. Um, yeah. But, you know, speaking of this, I am a Jedi play. I'm looking at this beautiful art of Count Dooku just slicing off Anakin Skywalker's <sighs> arms. And I think that Kyle was sitting there thinking that Dooku was just going to do this to Anakin's kid. He's just going to get him back. And then all of a sudden you couldn't do that, could you, Kyle?
2: No, so so I actually, by the time that that play occurred, um, I was definitely like still surprised by it, but it was not something that I had completely ruled out. Like he was, Luke was well at a range of Cassian by that point. Um, you know, he was he was playing sniper bot Cassian. He had already played three loot cards, um, so you know it's either gonna be like Son of Skywalker, or if he has I am a Jedi, it's gonna be that right. Um and I think, you know, unfortunately in that situation, like if if I figured he was gonna play I Am a Jedi, and then I play something besides Fear Surprise and Intimidation, and then he ends up playing Son of Skywalker, Duke is just dead, right? Yeah, um,
0: yeah, and it wouldn't have been close.
2: Right. So like um so I think I think I had to play Fear, Surprise, Intimidation there anyway, because if he plays anything but you know, I am a Jedi. Just essentially stalls the situation for another turn. But if he plays anything besides I am a Jedi, and I play anything besides Fear, Surprise, Intimidation, Dooku just dies, and the game's over. Right. Well, um, right. I actually,
0: I actually think this is kind of like diving into this. Um, I think this is, I think you played Dooku's two pip the turn before. Yep. And I actually think that was a mistake. Um, just generally. Um
2: well that's the situation where clearly if you have that that's what you that's the card you want.
0: Right like that's that's the card you wanted in that situation for yeah. sure. Um and I think like if you had known his command hand I don't think you would have played that card on the turn that you played it.
2: No totally not I would have saved. You know if if I 100% knew that he had I am a Jedi I would have saved double the fall for yeah. that turn. Yeah. Um but you know it was a at least the previous turn it was sort of a textbook double the fall situation where Luke was like sort of in an exposed position. Dooku was at range two of him. Um I was able to set up my activation control to put Dooku by himself in the bag. So, you know, I spent basically the first part of the turn while he was fishing for an operative token shooting Luke. Now one other strength of Habmo's list, specifically against Double the Fall, is that you know he had Cassian who he infiltrated, and he's got R2 and then he also has Luke. So he's got three operative tokens in there to fish. Yeah. Um which is very different you know, than when you're fishing for like one or two tokens, in a in a ten eleven token stack versus three tokens in a ten eleven token t- token stack. Um, so yeah, he actually I think he pulled Luke relatively early on that turn, which which helped. He did. save some yeah, wounds. For sure. Um, so yeah, um, it was it was interesting. It was surprising. I'm sure it made for some dramatic television. <laughs> it was it was great, you know, I chat was blowing up. They're like, oh,
0: my God, he's he's not going to see it coming, you know. And then when the command cards got played, you know, Kyle got got. It's awesome, you know. It, it, was, it was really you know, like, oh, my God, you know, he didn't play, you know, because a lot of people thought you might have tried to, I think, play Dooku, Dooku's three pip at that point because a dodge token would have also been fine. But, I
2: mean, he would have still just been straight murdered by Son of Skywalker.
0: Probably, <laughs> But like, you know, I mean, I think it would have been a defensible play.
2: Um, well, Dooku only had so they had they had slugged at each other the previous turn. So Dooku only had three wounds, I think, at that.
1: Point. Oh, oh, that's why. I'm, that's why I'm, I didn't know that. Yeah, of course. Against yeah. operative loops, yeah. SOS, yes, you would die. <laughs> yeah, even with. Like,
0: if I recall correctly, at that turn, I think both heroes had four wounds remaining oh my I gosh think.
2: okay yeah that's pretty low uh, it was it was three or four it was it was yeah. not more than four yeah
0: no it definitely wasn't more than four i think yeah. there was at least two wounds on both luke and dooku um
2: yep Accurate. so
0: uh yeah it, it was very much you know whoever got to slice and dice first was gonna kill the other one for sure
2: yep but yeah it ended up he um uh i had sort of so I asked him after the game. Uh basically he ended up like moving his Luke away from Dooku um like what two thirds of the way through the turn, roughly.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was an odd timing.
2: Yeah, so essentially I then activated Dooku and then I like force pushed Luke out of out of me- you know, his quote unquote safe melee that he was in, and then just shot him with the remaining units that I had. Um which was enough to uh to take him out but i think if he had waited um you know it's hard to say what would have happened the reason that he said that he did that when he did it is because i had started like accumulating standbys on my on my backline b1s and he was afraid i was just gonna force push him into a bunch of standbys which was possible um i think he probably still went a little too early with him and it's hard to say like what would have happened next turn because it would have been you know ambush versus son of skywalker but um yeah, he did. I think he just went a little bit too early there with Luke. Uh, and then after Luke got shot down, it was that was pretty much it. But I was super impressed with, with the zoning. So, um,
1: so would you I say didn't... he gave in to fear? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gave in to the right Yeah, because
1: you, you, never, you never go first into a force push if you can help it. Yeah. Yeah, generally.
2: It, yep. I mean...
0: It's it's easy to be scared of standbys these days, you know. Yeah, well, I, was that's true. Gonna, I was just gonna say, wait.
3: Uh, <laughs> so accumulating standbys on droids, what's what's that like? Uh, um, that's you... the old fashioned way, where you have to actually spend it on the unit that you <laughs> you take the standby. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of clones, David, you had a you had a game you had with clones. Uh, yes, for, uh,
1: I did. I, I casted a game with clones on uh, Twitch.tv slash YavinBase. Uh, it was Mishurkeen versus the the world champion, Luke cook and Mitro King's been making waves with his rogue one list and veterans. He calls it veterans of Scarif because he runs two uplink veteran squads and two Mark II blasters. In addition to Jin Cassian and K2 K2 with an uplink too, as well. So he is like all about the, I'm going to pay the order tax for rebels and and buy a bunch of uplinks for my stuff because I have volunteer mission and I can just play it to recover all my uplinks Um, except for the core unit uplinks. But you know, the veterans uh, recover, and they, they just get it back. Um, I think... I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, Luke kind of played a standard clone list. I think Mitra came made some really good... Um, he made some good inroads. Um, but I think Luke eventually just kind of buried him with solid play. Um, I think Mitra got a little... He got a little funny. He tried to do a gimmick play where you drop the... Mark twos down and then Cassian does a sniper crack shot and then use fire support with two Mark twos on each crack shot to get like six crits or whatever, something silly, which it's totally possible to do it if you set it up right. But um, ultimately Luke wasn't, wasn't going for it on turn one. He set up very defensively, He kind of ca- He literally castled up. He did fortified positions and built himself a castle in the corner of the board with his barricades in a half circle and put all of his clones there and said, come at me. <laughs> and uh, managed to, to do some serious damage early on. But I think it's a really, really good list. Um, both of them were playing. I really like the way Mitrakeen's been playing it, but ultimately uh, Mitrakeen was defeated. And if you want to watch that game, I co-casted it with Tyler, who streams over at Turn 6 Crits. And uh, I encourage you to watch it. Um, it's, it's still a really fun game, um, despite the fact that I spoiled it. Rip.
3: <laughs> and then uh, we, we. I've been making jokes with uh, Mike all week that he's been like the Legion 24-7 news channel. Uh, he, he casted, <laughs> like, he's casted like four, four or five games this week. Uh, but, uh, you know, so you can catch those on what, Dash's TV, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it's looking like, I don't know, a lot of games have not been scheduled this week. I think my next one's actually on Sunday. Um, and I am actually going to be playing against... Uh, Zyconia in my round two elimination game, uh, Friday night, I think. Ooh, you got so, all, the, all the Aussies, yeah. It's uh, it's, it's good to meet them for sure, like kind of verbally, but the time zone thing has been uh, kind of tough. Uh, so I don't, I don't know exactly where Zyconia lives, but um, Australia. Well, yeah, totally. But, like, um, I think he's got an easier time of it than uh, my last opponent did. Because my last opponent, I had to play at, like, 8 in the morning uh, um, on Saturday. Cause, and he, he ended, and that was, like, his 10 p.m. So, um, it was just, like, an awkward timing. But, yeah. So, yeah, I'll be playing, I think, at 7 p.m. on Friday. I don't know if anybody's picked it up yet. I actually I am not sure that I've posted it to be picked up. Um, I'm not playing it on self-streaming it, though, so... Um, somebody can definitely televise that. i
1: i may take you up on that offer <laughs> yeah we'll ch- I will yeah. check my schedule and get back to you
3: <laughs> i think it's funny if you look at mike's bracket uh, positioning there's actually a chance that if he were to move on to the next round and um someone from the game above him uh, is also from australia that mike would have three straight games against australians i'm pretty <laughs> sure that i think it's Queen o, i think it's Quino that's above him. I could, I could be mistaken. Um, I'm, I'm, no. I'm, I think Invader League has like taken like a piece of my brain and sometimes it functions and then sometimes it doesn't. And because there's just so much information like lodged in there and I'm just like, it's like someone asked me a question the other day and I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I'm kind of glad we're like winding down with single limbs because I'm just like, my brain's fried. But uh, it's so fun to like be watching all these games unfold.
0: Yeah. I think the game, the in the bracket above me is Stevens versus Jay Brett, I think. Oh, J-
3: James or Brett. Okay, yeah. So, James Brett is yeah. Australian. So, um, yeah. so if he were to beat Stevens and you were to beat Zyconi, I say hypothetically, you'd be playing a third straight Australian game. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hopefully, they start calling me the Scourge of Australia.
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Australian
1: Eliminator. Right? <laughs> Give me some I love title.
0: I love you guys, but I'd like to win the tournament. So
2: <laughs> Well, what's funny is Zyconia beat a fellow Australian, so yeah, you, you would have been playing an Aussie in round two regardless.
1: Yeah, he beat totally. a beefcake if I recall. Beefcake, yeah. Yeah. Beefcakes had flamer tons against or flamers against Tauntauns, and we all know how that ends. Oh jeez, I didn't know the flamers. Oh.
2: I actually think yeah. flamers are super interesting right now, but definitely not against Tauntauns. Yeah, no. not against
1: Tauntauns. Yeah, that's very fair.
2: All right. Well, gents, any more plugs before we, uh, any final thoughts before we sign off here?
3: I was waiting for Dave to say ban Lying and Wait, so. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest. From what I have,
0: from all the the boss games I've streamed, nobody's even playing Lying and Wait nowadays. Yeah,
1: it's all getting nixed.
3: I I didn't ban it. There you go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't ban it for us. Okay, ban ban Tactical Strike. There you go. <laughs> I gotta,
2: I gotta worry about tactical strike on Thursday. I'm facing, uh, facing Kotek and his Iden double Death Trooper. woof <laughs> <Ruff. laughs> yeah, not looking forward to it. I was gonna yeah, say it's gonna be big one thing you don't want to see. <laughs> Good
0: thing they don't have scale <laughs> yet, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Duke is gonna need to put some work in because uh, I'm definitely not winning that gunfight. So, see no, how it goes. you're not. <laughs> he's got shores and death troopers and Iden and yeah it's it's ugly um anyway uh <laughs> well uh good luck to everybody playing games this week um you can find uh you know uh, games on the aforementioned stream channels and uh i am kyle i'm mike i'm david i'm zach and we will we are the notorious scoundrels and we'll see you next week